Perhaps one of the greatest challenges that faces the average person today is believing in their own self-worth. From the time we were small children, our view of our highest light has been undermined. It's pretty easy to recall past experiences where we've been told that we were less than we thought we were, or that we'd made a mistake. Our teachers, parents, peers, the TV, and all sorts of sources have, either consciously or unconsciously, talked us into limiting ourselves. Over a lifetime, our power was slowly but steadily stripped away from us. But now, all that is changing. These teachings emphasize that you've never made a mistake. When the incident occurred where you thought you'd made a mistake, it wasn't until after the incident was over that you gleaned the knowledge from it. While the incident was still in progress, you were only operating on the basis of the best information that you had at the time. In truth, you couldn't have known any better, and therefore there was no reason for you to beat yourself up about it. You were presented with a lesson, but no mistake was made. Learning a lesson and making a mistake are two entirely different things. Lessons don't carry the same feelings as mistakes. There's no guilt attached to our lessons. But mistakes imply that we've done something wrong. Those who view life from a higher perspective know they've never done anything wrong. Everything just happens, and it doesn't serve us to place moral judgments on any events that occur in our lives. The concept of right and wrong is simply another illusion that doesn't exist for us unless we nourish it. We can choose to plead not guilty to all the menacing should-haves that charge us with wrongdoing. In our mind, we can assert that everything is all right, regardless of what others may say. And, in doing so, we return to the innocence we were born with. Each person is responsible for his or her own happiness. You needn't feel guilt or obligation in regard to other people. It isn't your fault if you inadvertently made them unhappy. They are only relating to you according to their own past experiences and their own processes. Truly, it is not someone else's decision as to whether you are a good or kind or loving person. If you and your soul intend to be good and kind and loving and gentle, and even if you are those things and others don't see it, it's their short-sightedness. It is not you. My intention for today is, I intend that I am always seeing myself in the highest light. Work. Your work is meant to be enjoyable for you and helpful to others. One of the downsides of remaining in a state of disempowerment is that we are often relegated to spending our days doing things we don't really like to do. The idea that we can't have the job we truly want runs rampant through our world, causing so many to drive long distances or to subject themselves to unhealthy working conditions for eight or more hours a day. In short, our entire view of how we look at our work needs an overhaul. But, interestingly, the overhaul that's needed isn't apt to come from the top down. The employers of the world are steeped too deeply in the status quo for us to expect them to make any drastic changes. The overhaul must come from the bottom up. It must come from you and me, standing firm and trusting that if we are to have a job that's both enjoyable for us and helpful to others, that, as we intend it, it will make itself available to us. My intention for today is, I intend that the work I am doing is both fun for me and practical for others. The Progression of Power The reality that you create is up to you. Anyone who desires to become more proficient at using the intention process must pass through six stages or steps before becoming an adept. 
I was fortunate to learn these steps from a tall, highly intelligent man who mysteriously showed up at my doorstep one summer day when I was living in Corrales, New Mexico. He said his name was Ralph and that he was an author of a different sort than me. Whereas I'd always been interested in the intuitive side of life, Ralph's talent, as I soon realized, was that he was scientifically oriented. He liked to analyze things and put them in order. After a few minutes of customary introductions and niceties, we got to talking about the laws of manifestation, and Ralph said that, lately, he'd been writing about something he'd discovered in his research. It had to do with a particular progression that most people go through in order to become more skilled at manifesting. The initial step in this progression, he said, was testing. If we're going to create anything consciously, we must first run a test by making an intention and establishing for ourselves that the process works. Once we realize that our intention has, in fact, manifested in our physical experience, we'll be more apt to test it again by making several more intentions and watching closely for them to manifest as well.